Let me open up a prayer and then we will jump into Revelation 21. We're going to have fun. All right. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you for this time that we can come together, Lord, to get into your word, Lord, and to hear the things that you have had penned down uh, for us to learn from, to be encouraged by, Lord, to be challenged by, Lord, also to exhort us. And Lord, we just pray that this time would be centered on you and what you want to speak. Lord, let me step aside, let your spirit take over, Lord, and let us each step aside in our own way, Lord, because we know a thousand things could be running through our minds right now. But Lord, let us center in on you and your word and what you want to speak today. So Lord, help us to have our hearts open and our minds just clear, ready for you. So Lord, we praise you and we give you this time and we pray that your will be done in Jesus' name. All right, so Revelation 21, I'm only going to go from 1 to verse 8. So it's not going to be super crazy, but it's going to be super crazy, okay? Because <laughs> it's Revelation. So Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride, adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne, Look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. Then one seated on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. He also said, Write, because these things are faithful and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will freely give to the thirsty from the springs of the water of life. The one who conquers will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But the cowards, faithless, detestable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their share will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. So the first two verses, we see the new heaven and the new earth because this one is gone. What happened to this one, right? What happens is it gets burnt up, like incinerated at the glory of God. It just, poof, gone, right? Because it talks about throughout the Bible how it's going to just be transformed in fire, right? In Noah's time, it was the flood transformed in water, right? The entire typography of the earth changed, at the flood because it was such a quick and massive thing that it just took down mountains, moved stuff. I mean, things just changed entirely. This time, it is going to be completely transformed. We're talking the cosmos, okay? Everything gets incinerated and transformed into something new, okay? And this is like the completion of what the Christian is already experiencing. Okay? Because the Christian is experiencing new life already. right? Because in Christ, we already have 
new life. We are new creatures in Christ. And so, as we move into this new creation, we see the completion of that. We are now partakers of the glory of Christ. We have been transformed into glorious beings, not exactly like him, but like him, right? We are now sinless. We are now perfected. We are glorified as Christ has been glorified. Now, is he still above us? Absolutely, because he's God, right? You know, so we see this is the newness, right? Because this one's all jacked up and corrupt. We know that. We can look, we can look all around us. We know how jacked up this world is, right? We've been in it. Some of you have taken part in making it jacked up. As a matter of fact, all of us, right? Because we all sin. We all have sin. We all sin every day. Even though as believers, we try to sin less, right? That's what sanctification is all about. We're supposed to be sinning less, hating sin more and more, becoming more and more like Christ. No longer living in our flesh for the gratification of the flesh. We are supposed to be striving towards that new life. That's right. Okay? But sin corrupted everything in this world, in the cosmos, right? It says that it's even the creation was cursed because of sin. God cursed the ground, right? And this is why we also see other things from the cosmos that kind of come in here, like asteroids, meteors. They'll hit other planets. They'll one day eventually hit our planet. That's described in Revelation. Right? Thorns and thistles. This is, again, yep, where we get go-heads. So all you guys who ride bikes, sorry. It's our fault. <laughs> no, but then you see this loud voice that comes from the throne. Now, is this God or not? We don't know. Okay, because typically God, you'll know. Here we're not sure. I tend to believe this is God speaking because he is proclaiming that this is Something new. Look, the dwelling with God is, is now in humanity. Right? We have the Spirit of God, but God Himself, right? The thrice holy, all powerful, almighty God is going to dwell with us. The followers of Christ, the ones who have conquered, He will dwell with us. Think of how amazing that is. Right? And as you go on to see more of the new creation, you see that there's no longer a sun, there's no longer a moon. We don't need lights because we have God who dwells in unapproachable light. It's going to be pretty stinking cool. Okay, but I think the coolest part is, is that he is going to dwell with us. Like, think of that for a minute. Right, like we have the Holy Spirit. This is some that's one of those things. We have salvation, we have been given the Holy Spirit as the seal of that salvation. Okay? For the day of redemption. So for the day of, of Christ's return, the Holy Spirit's the one pointing out, hey, these ones are yours. Okay. But the coolest part is that God's gonna dwell with us. Like we will get to be with God. For all eternity. Okay, this, this, this is not going to be boring. 
right? Like the world paints this picture of heaven as some place that is boring. Yes, it's perfect. Yes, it's going to be bright and gold and gems and all kinds of stuff everywhere. But they paint it as being something boring because you are worshiping the almighty creator of all things for all eternity. And they think that's going to be boring. Nah. At that point, we're not going to even realize if it's been a thousand years or one day. Just like God, time will not matter to us. Right? That's why the song says 10,000 years and more. Because we won't care about time anymore. But we will be with God. And because we are with God, what does he do? Death is gone. Pain, gone. Hair loss, gone. Always got to throw that joke in, right? Right? All of us who have some sort of aches and pains that have been chronic, panic, all that stuff, it will all be gone. All of it. God will get rid of all of it. Because none of that needs to exist amongst perfection. And he goes on. And he says, now we know for sure this is God speaking. I am making everything new. He is making it all new. All of it getting destroyed and being turned into something that is far better than even the original creation. God said that was good. But even this, he says, I am making this new. This is not a restart. This is a moving forward on something new. And so that's another thing that we can look forward to as followers of Christ. We don't have to be afraid of this new creation that's coming. We don't have to be afraid of where we are right now because we know we get to inherit this new creation. Right? We get so worried about what's happening now and what's happening here in the, most, in the recent future. Right? We're so worried about constantly looking at this life and, man, how do I make this life better? How do I do this? How do I do that? When most of the time... We're not looking to God on how to make that better. We're looking at ourselves. We're looking at the next, at the next up and coming, you know, self-help speaker. You know, we're all about hearing those messages about your best life now. Your best life will never be now. I hate to burst your bubble. It will not be now. It comes when you are standing before your God and King, the Lord Christ Jesus, and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter in to my kingdom. That is when you'll finally know what your best life is. Because our lives now, no matter how hard we try, no matter how much money you have, no matter how big a house, no matter how many cars, it does not matter. You can accumulate all that stuff, enjoy it for an hour and be dead. And if you are not in Christ, you will experience conscious torment for eternity. Because right? that's what this goes on to explain. But first... We'll continue. It says, it is done. Okay? The new creation is that final act. 
It is the final act of God for the believers, for the unbelievers. It is the final act. And then we just see that there's this description of the new Jerusalem, the bride of Christ. We see how beautiful it's going to be, how amazing it's going to be that God is there. There's no more sea. There's a river of life that we get to freely drink from. It will be absolutely perfect. And I think that none of us would complain about that. Right? I wouldn't complain about that. Be like, yeah, praise you, Lord. I can't believe that this is what we, we get to inherit. I can't believe this is what we get to experience. We get to experience this new heaven, this new earth. And it says that it's the one who conquers that will inherit this. So the one who remains in Christ, the one who surrenders their life, the one who follows after Christ constantly, daily, surrendering yourself to the working of the Holy Spirit in your life and submitting to Christ and God's word. Too many people don't think that this is true. Yet it's proven over and over and over again that God's word is true. And I don't have the time to give you all the evidences. But if you look it up, there is a mountain of evidence showing you that this book is true. The archaeological evidence is there. The stuff saying that it's not true, barely anything. Now you go to the Red Sea, what do they find at the bottom of the Red Sea? Chariots. Chariots from the Egyptians. I mean, you can't tell me that this is not true. And you can tell me that. You're going to be wrong. All right. So the one who conquers will inherit the new heaven and the new earth, being with God forever. And he says, you will be called my sons. Also my daughters, my sons, my daughters. Think of that. That is like some deep ownership of God. Right. And a lot of times we struggle with this idea of God being a father because some of us had horrible dads. And so we're taking and we're putting that picture of a dad onto God. But God is not that person. God is a billion times better than that person ever was. Even if you had the most loving father in the world and he did everything for you, God is still better than that guy. And he says that the cowards, a lot of us, we've heard, we've kind of heard me talk about the cowards before. The cowards here is describing those who turn away from Christ and take the mark of the beast. Because they weren't willing to stand up for their faith and potentially have their head chopped off for Jesus. Because it says those who take the mark of the beast will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Okay, so the cowards, these are the people who are too scared to stand up for their faith. Okay, so make sure you're standing up for your faith. Now, we're coming up on times where you're going to be challenged a lot. Sooner or later, our Bibles will be illegal. 
the quoting of Scripture will be illegal. Come on, they're arresting pastors already because they're quoting Scripture at pride rallies. It's going to get worse. Okay? The faithless, those who never surrendered to Jesus, they're the faithless ones. Okay? Detestable. We all can picture what detestable is. Those who do lots of really dumb and stupid, gross, nasty things. Okay? Murderers. We all know who murderers are. Okay? But remember, Jesus said, if you hate somebody in your heart, you are a murderer. Okay? The sexually immoral. Okay? The word there is porneia. Okay? So it's sexually immoral on all fronts. That means fornicators, adulterers, people who are lusting within their minds, the homosexuals, the cross-dressers, okay? We're talking many different things. We all fall under the same condemnation if we are practicing those, okay? Sorcerers. Now, this is another one that the word is pharmakeia. This is the term that they used in the Greek for sorcerers, witches, warlocks people who practiced divination, any type of magic, any type of magic. Okay? They were about mixing things and creating these things. Does that mean that your, your medications are evil? No. So don't throw, go throw away all your medications. Okay? <laughs> okay. God created medications for a good reason. Make sure you're just taking them the way you're supposed to. Enough said. Okay. Idolaters. Well, this one's easy. Look at your neighbor, and if they are not surrendered to Christ, you are looking at an idolater. That is the most common sin for each and every one of us to fall into is idolatry because we worship ourselves. Ourselves are the idol that we most worship. And all the things like our phones and coffee and smoking, these are the tools that we use to worship the idol of self. Have you ever thought about when you go to do something that you know is wrong, but man, it's going to make me feel good right now. Did you ever think about the fact that it's making you feel good right now so you can worship yourself in that way? Because that's what you're doing. You're living for now instead of eternity. You want Happiness now instead of fulfillment for eternity. We need to focus on the fulfillment no matter how bad this life gets. Is that idolatry or, or is that being um, all about um, prideful? No, not prideful. Um, Self-centered? Yes, self-centered. Yes, that would be idolatry because you are living for self, which the Bible terms as idolatry or self-worship. And all liars. Cool. Did we cover everybody? Yeah. yeah. We covered everybody. So if you are a practicer of these things, here is what the Bible says. Repent and follow Christ. Do a complete 180 from what you were once doing and now do the things that God has called you to do. Right? So do the opposite of the things of the viceless you see throughout the Bible. No longer live for the sins that you used to worship yourself. Okay? No longer be in rebellion to God. 
Now, I can't prove this, but I think one of the best repentance stories you'll find in the Bible is actually Ecclesiastes. Okay? Because Ecclesiastes, well, besides Psalm 51, okay? but Ecclesiastes, when you're reading it, you're looking at a man who did everything. He tried everything, right, in Solomon. And what he's writing down is his confession of all of those things. And he comes to the end of it and he says, all of it is worthless if God is not in my life. And he is surrendering to God. If this is describing your life, surrender, confess, repent, and live for Christ. If you want to do that, come and talk to us afterwards. Every single staff member, we will talk to you about that. I will talk to you about that. Okay? I love you guys. That's why I'm here. That's why I preach. It's because I love you guys. doesn't matter where you are in life. I care about you. Okay? And God loves you, and he wants you to turn to Christ and follow him. Okay? Amen? Amen? All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this message. Lord, you, you, you broke through, and you, you, you did some talking. Lord, and we just pray that everything that was spoken would just strike our hearts and our minds, Lord, that we would dwell on it, that we would go back to it, that we would read it over and over and over again so that we can be settled on the fact that we can be called your sons, your daughters, that we don't have to be cowards, that we don't have to be faithless, that we can come out of all these sins, Lord, because you have set us free in Christ. So, Lord, we praise you, we thank you, and we pray for this meal, Lord, that you would just bless it. Lord, thank you for everybody who's taking part in serving that and preparing it. So, Lord, we praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.